Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive and I'm on my own this week. Uh, my co-host Ricky is celebrating Ramadan and with it still being daylight outside, he is conserving some energy, reserving some energy for a super duper feast which we'll have probably within the next hour or so. So he's, I don't know if he'll be on next week or not or the next few weeks, but you are stuck with me for tonight, so if that doesn't float your boat, then turn it off. But before you do that, make sure to rate the podcast network. Uh, A nice big five-star review on the podcast app of your choice. Better yet, if you want something else to do with your evening, go to powerslam.tv, put in the promo code socialsuplex, all one word, block letters, uh, and you can get yourself free for a month, over 4,000 hours of independent wrestling from around this flat earth. And when watching that stuff, you need the right attire, you need the right gear to wear. So head over to prowrestlingtees.something. I don't know, I can't remember off the top of my head. Pro Wrestling Tees, put that into Google. Search for the Social Suplex page and you can get t-shirts from this show. You might have actually, if you watch NXT UK, you might spot a t-shirt with the Ricky and Clive logo on it in this week's episode of NXT UK. We are to the left of the hard, hard cam, Ricky and I. Um, so if you want to see your handsome faces, then check it out. <laughs> uh, you've also got the One Nation Radio guys on there, keeping it strong style, and the Social Suplex logo, all on Pro Wrestling Tees. So the plan for the next wee while... Uh, Over the next few weeks This will be a solo pod I may have a guest on for the Money in the Bank preview I believe Money in the Bank is a week this Sunday Don't quote me on that I might have a guest on for the review as well Then in three weeks time The Quiz Time Invitational returns To Lord Payne Battle It Out That's right Um, Implications versus Sir Sam We have already um, got Jeremy from Keeping It Strong Style and Rance from Outsider's Edge on Chairshot Radio. They're in the semi-finals. Who will join them? Later after that, friends of the show, Rob Ropey and Mags and Bags, will follow with their quiz at some point in June. And then we'll get the semi-finals going. So exciting times ahead. So, 
with tonight's tonight's idea in mind. I wanted to talk about this last week, but because we thought that I would be here myself, Ricky decided let's do some questions this week and we'll do some. You can do your wee thing you wanted to do next week. And it just so happened it was timed quite well because I was listening to Something to Wrestle podcast this week with Bruce Pritchard, Conrad Thompson, and they were looking at Bradshaw, JBL's career throughout his entire basic career uh, I don't know about you Bradshaw was a pretty cool dude really enjoyed all the stuff that he did with the acolytes I didn't see much of the blackjack stuff I will be honest but the acolytes the corporate ministry the acolyte protection agency um, as far as I'm aware one of Ricky's favourite matches is Triple H versus Takamishinuku for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship on a random episode of Raw. You would think that Triple H would be able to deal with Taka easily, but the APA were his muscle on the outside, so it made for really entertaining viewing. So Bradshaw was great. Attitude era, he fit that bill perfectly. And then a couple of years, he was just basically on the sideline. They were trying to push him, and it wasn't really working out so much. And then 2004 rolls around and you've got John Bradshaw Layfield, a.k.a. JBL. He starts coming onto the scene and the heat upon which he built his infamous and very, very lengthy title reign now is the stuff of legend. And at the end of it, Bruce Pritchard was talking to Conrad and he was saying, um, the dirt sheets, the Meltzers, all those guys, they drove a nar- uh, Wade Keller, they drove a narrative that JBL was just an arsehole. Nobody liked him and they were so glad and his title reign was over and Bruce actually said thank you to the duck sheets because that's what they wanted now it's not popular these massive pushes of super unpopular heels aren't popular but someone from creative is saying that I mean I remember despising JBL back in the day I couldn't stand him at all but Bruce said that's what, what management wanted he is part of management he's back there today <coughs> So, while it's not popular again, what can you expect? This is the model that they live with. That's the model that we're going to discuss today. Um, is it working, basically? So, so fast forward to today, and there are many traits or trends from back then that we see today in a product full of JBLs, mini JBLs, which is uh, an alarming thought, an alarming image in the head. Off the top of my head, well, I took some notes, I won't lie. Carmela's title run, uh, Jinder Mahal's title run, Lacey Evans' current push, all seemingly undeserved. That feeling was also very felt very strongly with JBL. Other things, other similarities, maybe not in the ring, but a lot of these heels are gobby-mouthed so-and-sos on social media. Uh, let me tell you, if Twitter was around... When JBL was in his peak as a character, he would have been even more despised than he is just now, and even more despised back then. He would have been a nuclear heat magnet. Also, his physique was brought into disrepute towards the end of his active career. His lovely man boobs out there for all to see. And today you've got Nia Jax. I don't need to go into that one, because we all know what's going on there. Charlotte Flair's enhancements are used as a jibe. A jibe as are if women are blonde Corbin's before he got it shaved off Corbin's shitty long hair 
his uh, desire, the desire for people to have him wear a t-shirt over his strange belly, which was a, a random one. And of course, Jinder Mahal's body ballooned up to the size of the Hulk with his uh, performance-enhancing doodas. He can deny all he wants. These are all frequent frequent gripes that take up a lot of room on my Twitter timeline. And sometimes I add to that timeline as well. I'm not going to sit here on this laptop that's currently held together by duct tape, uh, adrenaline sweat and tears and pretend to be above everyone else, pretend to be sanctimonious. I won't sit here and say I'm smarter than all the marks getting worked. I've been worked and I get worked today all the time too. I couldn't stand Jinder Mahal. I thought he was a terrible champion. I thought he was a snooze fest. He could barely raise his voice above a, a strained whisper, probably as a result of all the steroids coursing through his veins. <laughs> uh, <coughs> excuse me, Baron Corbin, another one. I mean, uh, what's his name? Lance Storm, at his most wooden, at his most cardboard, had more charisma in his, his military buzz cut than Captain Vacuous himself. That's that's just my opinion. I know there are some Corbin marks out there, and it's a, but it's a lot of people's opinion that they just can't stand Baron Corbin. But again, look at what Bruce Pritchard said. He thanks the dirt sheets for basically driving that consensus opinion that Wrestler X is a stinking, steaming pile of horse manure. Now, I don't want to sound like a dick, but if so, so be it. We are supposed to hate them. And you might be moaning just now, but we are. If Bruce's words are anything to go by, then management today are probably thanking us for all the hate that's thrown these wrestlers away. But the question is, why are these people despised so much? What are the specific reasons? Excuse me a moment. Um, just taking a good swig of some zero free, uh, zero sugar fizzy juice. This episode of the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show is brought to you by Pepsi Max. So, where was I? Right. Why are these people despised so much and what are the specific reasons? Number one, they're not cool. They're dorks and come across as such by way of these template promos. They say the same things. They say the same, Your home, this hometown sucks. Uh, they just pick on people because of their hair. Just really basic template promos that you hear week in, week out. Saturation is another one that is a problem here as well. Uh, because they're cutting these same promos constantly, it just it starts to grate, and I do understand that. Another reason, they have these character traits that are generally unpopular. You've got Lacey Evans, who basically spent three months walking down the ramp and back up until she was thinking, right, okay, there's Becky Lynch, I'm going to have a shot and take it out, um, ha- basically have a shot at her titles. So they're not they're not doing things that you like, but Newsflash, they don't want to be your pal. They slag you in the promos, they slag the fans in the arena and at home. They don't want your acceptance, so that's why they do these things. Not why, it's just part of the reason that they're just, they're just being dicks for the sake of it, to get up our noses. Another thing, <coughs> they've got the nerve, the absolute audacity to go after baby faces on screen and online. Lacey Evans again, I mean, how dare she want to just sit there and wait her turn? A turn, 
by the way, which may never arise because if the internet wrestling community had their way, we could probably just see the same matches between the same select few people, pay-per-view after pay-per-view. I mean, I get it. There's a select few of, since we're talking about Lacey Evans, a select few women's wrestlers who I would like to see wrestle each other time and again, but that's not going to happen. So I mean, it's okay to have favourites. Favorites, we all have favourites. And I think this is more evident on more than ever on social media, which I'll get onto a wee bit later. Part of me thinks that with this fourth wall being broken down, wrestling Twitter is a bit kayfabe too, because people have their sides. And while people can be smart to the business, they're still picking sides. They're still throwing pot shots at wrestlers who they don't like or wrestlers' supporters who they don't like. So it's as if wrestling Twitter has entered that arena of kayfabe, which is quite fascinating when you just take a take a seat back, take a step back, and just look at all, look at it all. For me, the biggest reason of all for why these people are despised, I don't know if it's just the circles that I follow on social media or the podcasts that I listen to, is a heel's ability to wrestle. Okay, I'll give you a point there. There are few things that satisfy me more when watching wrestling than good old fashioned action, whether it's the catches, catch can style British song style uh, the sort of Olympic athlete style even some good old fashioned kung fu, <laughs> whatever you want to call it first of all, first and foremost, these guys can wrestle they have basic fundamental skills that you and I can only dream of emulating what it is that people don't like is the style of wrestling, wrestling that these wrestlers use as their eh, their modus operandi. That stifling style that smothers their opponent and literally grounds them. To be more specific, the dreaded chin lock or headlock that my friends elsewhere on the Social Suplex Podcast Network pull their hair out as a result of. For me, and I mean the well will, for me this is just a case of favourites again. I mean... Corbin or Jinder Mahal applies a headlock. They get the brunt of the criticism. If Samoa Joe spends the majority of a match keeping Roman Reigns in a headlock, which was the case, the name of the pay-per-view escapes me right now, uh, last year, not long after WrestleMania, where it ran late, the pay-per-view ran late, and Samoa Joe kept head Reigns in a headlock for the majority of the match. The brunt of the blame isn't directed towards Joe, it's directed towards the agents of the match who put it together. Is that fair? I don't think so. Is it favouritism? I, I do think so. Um, who else? Kevin Owens. He spends a hell of a lot of time dishing out headlocks when he's a heel. I mean, remember the when Suplex City became a thing, Kevin Owens was coming out with the Chinlock Island. He loves a good Chinlock, but because it's Kevin Owens, it's cool. He gets a pass. Of course he does, because elsewhere he has an explosive and very athletically impressive moveset. Uh, his arsenal is very varied. It's okay when these guys do things like that because they're, because they've got a varied moveset, but they're also cool heels. Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, uh, Daniel Bryan right now, Tommaso Ciampa when he was when he was fit these guys are despised under kayfabe rules but realistically we all love them I mean, this is the best Daniel Bryan I've seen ever full stop um, 
So if you take off the kayfabe hat, you can really appreciate what they do. But the other guys that I'm talking about, your Jinder Mahals, your Corbins, these guys don't have quote-unquote work rate. Basically, they're not given the time of day. And again, I don't want to sound patronising, but let's be honest, I think all wrestling podcasters, every one of us, are basically patronising from the minute we press record (laughs) to the minute we press stop. But... If that's not what you want, go elsewhere, check out NXT, where Full Sail will cheer work rate regardless. Go to, you've got NXT UK, 205, uh, New Japan. I mean, there's, there are set heels and faces in New Japan, but I don't hear anyone saying, oh, I don't like him, just because he's an ass. Maybe Jay White got a bit of that, but people are starting to appreciate the character work that he puts in, if that makes any sense at all. So, what are the pros and cons of having these in- inherently unlikable heels? What what I was trying to do with this episode is put something together, a pros and cons list, see if this current model of these meta fourth wall breaking heels that seem to drive drive home that they're just not liked as a person, never mind just as a character. I've got a few pros that I jotted down earlier. First one, eventually these heels will get their comeuppance, their hashtag comeuppance. It might be a long slog, but it does happen eventually. I mean, look at what happened with... Oh, what's his name? Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Some people are fans of what Brock Lesnar's done, but for me personally, although I had issues with the match itself, I was more than happy for Seth Rollins to have the title. Is it working just now? That's a different conversation for a different day. But it can be a long slog. However, look, that's spoilers coming up here. Well, a mini spoiler. But look at the last two uh, Avengers films. I'll use them as an analogy. If you put those two together, then you've got some bad shit happens at the start. And I wouldn't even say that Thanos is a a cool heel, as it were, because after what happened at the end of the first Avengers Infinity War, where he snapped his fingers and half the universe just went kaput, people questioned his motives about that, and that that sparked a lot of debate. So I don't even know if he is a cool heel. And then you had a long, long time, you're talking nearly three hours before uh, Thanos got his comeuppance once and for all at the end. So, I mean, if you sandwich those two films together, you're talking nearly six hours. Six hours, five and a half hours or so of doom, gloom, stress, annoyance, and then it all gets fixed at the end. That's I know people don't like the comparisons between the rest of TV and WWE, but storytelling is what WWE is. And this story was told over five, six hours odd, and that's the outcome of it, so... They will get their comeuppance eventually, unless you're Stephanie McMahon. <coughs> the the drive of social media traffic helps with sponsors. Oh, not so much sponsors, but basically business partners, as it were. Um, all the tweets that go out with hashtags. Now, I can't imagine that the sponsors or the business partners or people who want to invest in WWE are going to sit and troll scroll through every tweet because a lot of people have a lot of hate for wrestling for WWE on Twitter but if they've put the hashtag in 
or even if they would, is the words WWE or Raw or SmackDown or WrestleMania are mentioned. That's a, a figure, that's a stat. And I, I can't see these guys going through all the tweets. They're looking at the numbers. Wrestling, WWE trends, number one, worldwide, at least once a month, sometimes during the Raws or SmackDowns. Uh, even NXT gets really high. So they see that and they go, right, okay, I'll invest. And that's why they're in the financial position they are just now. Look at Fox. They've... I mean, see the whole thing about Fox. I can't imagine someone from Fox sat down and read all these tweets, the bad ones especially, because I had a text from speaking to Rob Ropey, friend of, the, friend of the show and friend IRL. Rab Ropes, as I like to call him. Uh, it just came out with it, he said... And I will credit him with this text. I asked if I could use it for tonight. Has anyone ever looked at live tweets using the show hashtags during the show? I did that last night. I think this was during Smackdown. And opinions were all over the place. Like I mean all caps lock all over the place. I don't know how WWE can please even some of the fans when they all want different shit. I saw people livid, this is a different text further on, I saw people livid that the Usos were competing for titles on SmackDown, people that hated the Usos, uh, people demanding Harper return as a bludgeon brother even though the bludgeon brothers gimmick was lambasted, people mad that advertised matches weren't there, people mad that Daniel Bryan was in a tag team match, people mad that there was no heavy machinery, demanding demanding Undisputed Era, even though they've got their own story going on at the moment. Calling Vince senile, calling Vince a genius, loving the wild card, hating the wild card, all in like a 10 minute span. I mean, that's why when they said at the end of December, rewind, that's why they said at the end of December, you are now the authority. I thought, it's not really the case. So I just put it out the back of my mind. Because from this hashtag thing, you have opinions all over the place. I don't even watch do the live tweets because obviously it's on in a, a American friendly times. But I wake up and look at the tweets on the way to work and I see just this wide vari- a variety of opinions. So you can't please everyone. It's just simply not going to happen. That's why I think the likes of Fox will just see uh, hashtag numbers, mentions, all that sort of stuff. The last one, last pro that I have is that a line is drawn in the sand. You, I mean, there's a lot of uh, heels in the grey area these days where you've got, you don't know if they're a good guy or a bad guy. You're not sure what their motive is. But with these these Lacey Evanses of the world, these Nia Jaxes, you know for a fact that they're a heel and you will root for more for their opponents as a result. So you're already rooting for them. For instance, Seth Rollins, uh, the likes of uh, Sasha Banks when she was fighting Nia Jax. Fighting, listen to me. Wrestling Nia Jax at some points last year, you wanted specific wrestlers to win. Alexa Bliss, perfect example. People despised her title runs. You had Bailey, who was <laughs> admittedly destroyed. Uh, Sasha she got the title off her but got it taken away from her again from Alexa Bliss um, oh, Mickey oh what's that lady's name 
Let's just say Mickey Aldis right now because I can't remember her name. <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing, isn't it? Swig of Pepsi Max for the working man. Hold on. Um, you root for them. You want these people to win. So that helps that sort of good guy, bad guy divide. Now, the cons. And I wonder if you think there are more pros than cons. Let's find out. Mickey James. Mickey James is her name. Mickey, if you're listening, apologies. Um, no no offence meant. So, the cons of having this current model of heels. I hate to bring this up because... Personally, I mean, this is an obsession just now with fans everywhere. I really couldn't care less about this thing that people are obsessed with, but TV ratings. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of the Nielsen stuff, the TV versus on-demand DVR, I think it's called in America, or TV versus YouTube or Twitter or whatever. I don't care. I really don't. I'm not even going to defend one against the other. The infatuation people have with this boggles the mind. But people say that the bad ratings are as a result of this these heels that are just vacuums of personality. They wrestle shit styles. They just make people want to turn off the TV. That's that um, go-away heat that people talk about. If that's the reason for the ratings, and again, I don't, I'm not going down that road. At the end of the day, I watch it. That's... What matters to me that I watch it and I get to see it? I don't care about the 2.3 million. Well, I do, but you know what I mean. Uh, it, it has no no bearing on my life emotionally, but that could be a reason. This. So, if you want if you want to keep this model, but it's resulting in bad ratings, do you want to keep that going? I think another one. How to word this? Society society has changed considerably over the last 20-30 years, for the better obviously, in certain aspects. That's to say, political correctness has been amped up and it means more controversial wrestlers or angles are just seem to be too on the nose and bad taste. I remember Jinder was slagging off Nakamura's inability to say the L letter. Or is that right? I can't remember. It's, I think it might be the other way about. Now I'm just showing my ignorance. But he got into some hot water because he slagged off Nakamura's Japanese accent, not able to speak properly. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic, which is the worst way to ever pronounce Dijakovic I've ever heard in my life. NXT, that is an absolute failure on your part. Get that sorted. It's Dijakovic. It rolls off the tongue a lot better than Dijakovic. Anyway, Dijak did some supremacy tweets. I wouldn't say white supremacy. I didn't. See, I didn't get the feeling of white supremacy from the tweets. I just think he wanted to cleanse the nation of shitheads or whatever. So he sent a tweet or a couple of tweets and mentioned Donald Trump and a couple of other people in it. And he had to delete that due to the backlash that it received. And as far as I'm aware, he deleted his Twitter account. I'm not sure if that's true. I haven't checked up on that. But that's what you're dealing with. Um, can you imagine if they did... 
I mean, the whole Mohammed Hassan thing back in 2005, that was a controversial thing. And granted, the incident that happened in London coincided terribly with the angle that they ran that week on SmackDown with The Undertaker being kidnapped by people in balaclavas. Okay, that was just bizarre timing. You've got things like that, but can you imagine even further back, if they see if they did this today, if they did Sergeant Slaughter defecting to the, the sympathies of Iraq today, or Iron Sheik as well with the carry-on during the Iraq hostage situation. This was And this was in the golden era, the cartoon era, so age-appropriate doesn't really matter if they were doing that stuff back then, when it was a lot more PG than it is today. There's no doubt about that. They probably wouldn't even consider doing that today because of how far on that society has come. Um, and it's a good thing. But you've got some horrible things happening in programmes elsewhere. Um, murders. I mean, people sit and watch terrorist programmes and, and are glued to it. Like, uh, I'm a big fan of 24. Homeland. Stuff like that. And we lap it up. But if it's done in WWE and apparently PG world, they did this stuff back then. What's different now and what's different if you're okay watching it on other platforms? But they would never even think of doing that today. Another con, I'm on to the third one now. I think it gives influencers, hate to use this word because you know my feelings on the chap, it gives influencers like David Meltzer the chance to drive that narrative that such and such doesn't have a good work rate, his promos are rubbish, his matches have a, an average of 1.4632 uh, thanks to my illustrious star rating system so people lap up what Meltzer says and it does happen consciously or subconsciously so that funnels down into that's a Chinese whispers thing and it just grows arms and legs and it's not even exactly true, that's Meltzer's opinion. And Meltzer's opinion doesn't tie in with what WWE want to do in the first place. So there is that. But people latch on to what Meltzer's saying. And it just snowballs and avalanches downhill. And it just brings up this whole just massive congealed ball of hate. And potentially unfair criticism of someone. When again, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for that JBL heat. I'm going to, that's a new term. Please, uh, I look forward to seeing hashtag JBL heat on Twitter tomorrow or whenever you listen to this. Con number four. <coughs> Excuse me again, ladies and gentlemen. The, the lid, the lid of kayfabe has been ripped off the box of the business no matter how hard they try to reseal that box people like Meltzer, people like Bruce Pritchard, Austin Jericho, again this is just based on my own personal entertainment um, all these former wrestlers current podcasters the autobiographies that people read I read a few myself this year Bret Hart, Jericho, Edge all great reads, but you, you know so much about the business now, now it's no wonder that people feel smart to it so that seal to that box is always faulty and it's prone to pop open. So because of that, people don't aim their disdain at the heels anymore on screen. They aim it at Gorilla, at Vince, at Creative. They, 
<coughs> sorry, they go into business for themselves, they sabotage crowds, eh, not crowds, but they sabotage matches, for instance, look at, remember, again, Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe, eh, Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler, the half-hour Ironman match from last year, all of these things, so it's because they think they're directing their hatred towards backstage and they're not keeping it technically where it should be not where it should be but basically wrestling is pantomime people might not like that reference but you know for a fact that pantomime you're supposed to cheer the faces and boo the heels and everyone loves it but that doesn't happen as much anymore the last one is it the last one yes now social media <coughs> specifically not specifically but the one I am exposed to the most is Twitter and that has become a hotbed of just pure toxicity I've never seen so many hot takes and frankly disgusting behaviour directed at wrestlers as much as I have this last year or so and it seems to be getting worse it gives people a platform for their hate uh, it ramps up that feeling of entitlement but where is the line that separates heavy but mildly kayfabe criticism? I was talking earlier about kayfabe becoming uh, Twitter becoming part of wrestling. But what separates that the line between that and downright bullying? Look at what's happening in the world since social media has taken over the globe, the flat earth. Sorry, apologies. Continuity. Mental health disorders are on the rise. Anxiety disorders are on the rise. People's minds are swallowed, consumed by the screens that they look at and all they see is so-and-so being called fat and a terrible worker or a plastic bitch who slept her way to the top. This is basically what I see on a daily basis. I saw yesterday Mustafa Ali was talking about the start of Ramadan and he was talking... I can't remember if he was saying he's going to post a schedule of how he deals with it as a physical athlete but then someone said underneath it oh, what was it they said basically they made a pun out of Ramadan and put a bomb in there as, put bomb in there as a joke that's horrendous that's just pure racism now you've got a few different categories categories of how people respond to stuff like that you've got people who ignore it and just move on which I try my very best to do and it is becoming easier I've got a lot of stuff (coughs) not a lot of woes just I've got other things to deal with in life I've got positives to deal with like watching my favourites on the old network Wednesdays so you've got people who ignore that shit and just scroll up you've got people who lap up that behaviour and join in on the fun uh, the hive mentality of bullying or people who just have to leave social media because their brain's fried they can't take it anymore this toxicity's just taken over all because for example Lacey Evans gets a title shot without a more traditional push sometimes wrestlers even get caught up in it and reply um, I can't think of any off the top of my head but you see wrestlers who respond they get involved in a back and forth with this fan who's just giving them shit about it and it gets out of hand and it ends up as a news article and for all we know these wrestlers are getting heat backstage so 
it's not a good look for anyone. The hate out there, it's not uh, exclusive to wrestling Twitter, it's exclusive to everyone. But in a world where this happens in wrestling, it's horrendous, it's awful to see, I can't speak it's that bad. It's just, this, this is a big one for me. Social media toxicity is the worst the worst, the biggest, that's the biggest con for me as far as having these meta heels in today's product. It just allows for a horrible atmosphere online and it's it's not fair, it's not really fair on these people, they're doing their job. Okay, they're getting paid mega bucks, but do you think it's fair for them to be bullied so openly, so frequently and so intensely? I don't think so. And half the time, all this is because you're not you all these hateful people out there because your favy fave your flavor fave <laughs> your flavor fave ah, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right they're not getting a push at the expense of someone you don't like who is all because your favorite was subjected to a boring stifling match locked in a headlock forever or the promo police who seem to have you know, like degrees in rhetoric and say that their favourites promo or tweets were miles better than the promos or tweets from the person they're against, their non-favourite it's just it gets worse, it does get worse every time and that sort of brings me to my last point, the favourites there's a lot of hoo-ha when someone undeserving gets a push up the card or for for any Scottish listeners out there a punty so the Lacey Evans not doing well, Braun Strowman getting a, right into the Wyatt straight away, Lars Sullivan eating up the TV screen right now. Uh, they get all the shit in the world thrown at them. But dare say one wrong word about someone else's favourite. For instance, Finn Balor who came up straight away. The gloves are off and basically you're not allowed to criticise them and I don't think that's fair. So that's, it's just favourites. People have favourites. I think there is a, a kayfabe in Twitter, but it's a horrible place. And that's all I've got to say about that. Another Austin reference there, I think. So from this list, counting them here, on my wee shout out to Google Docs, who are also very proud sponsors of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. The cons outweigh the pros. Now this is my list. I just threw this together quickly. The list may be longer. The list may be exhaustive. But if we were to go by this list, is it worth it? Is it worth living by this model when fan sentiment seems to be deteriorating at an alarming pace and fan etiquette is deteriorating at an alarming pace? Who knows? I would like to get a wee discussion going about this on Twitter in a nice, diplomatic, friendly fashion, ladies and gents. Um, so once I've posted this out, head into the conversation part of the tweet for this show, pinned to the top of our Twitter account, at Ricky and Clive. See what I did there? Planted a plug-in, did you notice? Uh, and let me know what you think of this monologue that I've presented you with tonight. A shorter show, I'm sure you'll understand. Am I wrong? Am I right? Am I talking out my rear end? What are your... Am I a, a shill? Because remember, I get works too. What are your pros and what are your cons? So um, check that stuff out. 
check this show out. You have just checked it out. I don't know what I'm talking about now. So, a shorter show, but it wouldn't be a solo Clive show without ripping into Walk Culture without um, for a quiz. So I'm going to go and check out Walk Culture very quickly, see if they've got any quizzes for me, and we'll just play along together. How does that sound? It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. As luck would have it, we're talking about a cool heel. Uh, I found on what culture first time I visited it in a long time. My my, such hatred for WWE on this page. Just a wee quick rundown of the first thing I see on here. Ten terrible recent decisions that led to WWE's Raw's worst week ever. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I wouldn't say it's the worst week ever. I personally quite like this wildcard thing. I've told myself, I have told myself that the superstar shake-up, the brand split doesn't exist. So, it works for me. Anyway, a Kevin Owens quiz... How well do you know Kevin Owens? Now, last time I did a walk culture quiz and played along with you, I had some I had some complaints. I think a few other questions were wrong. I think Rance might have corrected me in one or two, but there were still a couple of dodgy ones. Right, first one. Number one, how old was Kevin Owens when he had his first official wrestling match? 13, 14, 15 or 16? I'm going to hazard a guess. 13 seems to be the lucky number for amazing wrestlers who start out young in the business. So 13. Moving on to question numero, numero dos. Which legend tipped Owens to be the next big thing after watching him in Ring of Honor? The Rock, Chris Jericho, Bret Hart or Kurt Angle? I actually thought it was Steve Austin. So if it's not Steve Austin... Oh, I'm not sure... I can't imagine it would be Kurt Angle. It might have been, I can't imagine it would have been The Rock. Bret Hart, maybe. I'm going to go with one of the Canadians. Hmm, I'll say Bret Hart. No, yes, I'll say Bret Hart. Jericho is a possibility because they are best friends, or they were. But I'll say um, Bretus Hartimus. Number three. How long after his NXT champion, NXT debut, did Owens become NXT champion? So... December was when Owens made his debut. February was when he won the title. Two months, ladies and gents. Number four. Owens once had a Twitter feud with an actor from which 90s TV show? (laughs) What on earth? Family Matters, Saved by the Bell, Boy Meets World, or Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Now, I know that Screech, a.k.a. Dustin Diamond, is um, a mark for himself, so let's say Saved by the Bell. Number five. What does he visit in every town he works in? The zoo. He loves animals. It's the zoo. I won't tell you the rest of them, because one of them... Ah, very good. It's a, oh, one of them is the ice cream parlour. See what I mean? Uh, about the body shaming. The zoo, right? Number six. Who did Owens beat to win his first intercontinental championship? The answer was Feed Me More. Ryback. Number seven, after arriving on the main roster and attacking John Cena, Owen's first main roster pay-per-view was Elimination Chamber. 
I'm not going to give you the other ones because that is the correct answer. <coughs> Who did Owens beat to qualify for the Universal Championship Fatal 4 way on Raw? Oh, that's a toughie. Because I remember the Fatal 4 way match, but I can't remember who he beat. Oh. Was it Jericho? I think it was Jericho. It says Sami Zayn, Neville, Rusev, or Jericho. I think it was Jericho. I'm going to say Jericho. I just said Jericho a lot of times there. How long was Owen's match with Goldberg at Fastlane? 16, 18, 20, or 22 seconds? Disgraceful match. It wasn't keeping with Owen's character at all because he usually rolls out the ring after the bell has rung instead of before. All to serve a big part-time dinosaur in Goldberg. Fantastic, Vince. Uh, 16 seconds I'm going for. And number 10, who hasn't Owens faced in a WrestleMania match? Shane McMahon, Dolph Ziggler, Kalisto or Stardust? Now, he had a match with Shane McMahon last year and Dolph Ziggler and Stardust were in the... must have been in the WrestleMania match. So I'm going to go with Kalisto. Imagine that, WrestleMania 36 from Tampa. Kalisto versus uh, Kevin Owens for the Universal title. Right, we're Kalisto, right. Is that the last question? Is number 10 the last question? <sighs> Apparently I scored 50%. Now, I can't be bothered, right. He was, he was 16 when he had his first official wrestling match. It was The Rock who watched him in Ring of Honor. Surprised by that one. Two months before he became champion, correct? Uh, it was Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, I remember now he had a feud, an online feud with Melissa Joan Hart. Crazy, crazy times. What does he visit in every town he walks in? The zoo, correct? Ryback, correct? Elimination Chamber, correct? Uh, and it was Neville he beat for the qualifier for the Fatal 4-Way in Raw. And it was 22 seconds for the Goldberg match at Fastlane. And I got Kalisto correct. So, okay, I don't know Kevin Owens that much apparently, even though I am a mark for him, but there you go. So, as I said, shorter episode this week, you should rattle through it. I think next week is a Money in the Bank pay-per-view show. I still can't remember the date for it. If it is, we'll talk more about the current product and what's led up to Money in the Bank. Looking forward to the pay-per-view, I always do. This has been the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, uh, along with One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, All Things Elite, and NXT Then, Now and Forever. And if you listen to that, or if you don't listen to that, have a listen because a certain Scotsman might be appearing on that tomorrow night um, to talk about this week's NXT and an episode of NXT this week five years ago, if that makes any sense at all. So with Kushida being in the limelight, I'm going to go back in my DeLorean and check that out. Uh, I've I've done some plugs already tonight, so I've not actually got much left to say. Check out the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group. Uh, socialsuplex.com has all the podcasts, the columns. Um, if you subscribe, you get them sent direct to your email inbox as well. 
I'm sure I've missed something because I've dotted them through the show. Powerslam.tv, check it out for 4,000 hours of independent wrestling around the flat earth. And I think that's it. If I've forgotten something, again, I apologise. You know that I'm not good with plugs. That's why I failed my electrician course at college. Before I go, ladies and gentlemen, breaking news... Someone from the WWE backstage office has backsta- backstage heat for walking, um, carrying an Emmy. Now, I wonder if Asuka got any backstage heat for carrying Emma in their match at TLC that time. <laughs> That's terrible. That's not even true. Emma's a fantastic wrestler, but I could not resist that one. I couldn't help it. So that's um, Clive for this week. I've not got anything else to say. Ricky, I hope you're faring well with the Ramadan. You're not too hungry. You're probably munching on some food right now. Enjoy it. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this wee project show this week. And I'll speak to you next week. Good night. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.